Hey, who's ready to make some people quit again? You are Locked On Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody. Welcome back into Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me, Jimmy Stein, that's him, Jimmy. Let's talk a little coaches poll first. Coaches poll is out today. No surprise, Georgia number one. I mean, I don't think anybody could have predicted that. Um, Michigan number two, I dig it. I, I do. I, I dig it because I'm glad it's not Bama number two. I'm glad we're not. I'm glad we got something to aspire more to because I don't think anybody's going to beat Georgia in the regular season, right? So they're going to be number one. You're not going to be. But having Michigan two, maybe that'll piss us off a little bit. I, I sort of dig that. Yeah, I would have put Michigan too, partly because I, I want Alabama as low as possible. And by low, I mean, I mean like I was kind of halfway disappointed Alabama was third. I, I was kind of hoping fourth, fifth, sixth, something. Just, just any any sort of additional motivation and fire sounds good to me. But, no, I think Michigan deserves that number two spot. Look, they've been in the playoff two seasons in a row. Alabama has not. Uh, Michigan was just there this past year. So, they've been in the playoff two years in a row. And – People close to the Michigan program believe this is the best Michigan team. Yes, the last two teams have made the playoff. The last two teams have beaten Ohio State. But this team is better than those teams. They're also, of all these main contenders, Michigan, Ohio State, Georgia, Alabama, they're the only one that returns their quarterback. And J.J. McCarthy, who's a good player. So I think there's every reason in the world to have Michigan two. I think a a lot of people are even having Michigan at one uh, because of their returning quarterback. And uh, so that, that, I'm cool with that. I'm a little surprised, Luke, that Alabama was three. I half expected Alabama to be four behind Ohio State. Now, Ohio State is facing some of the same questions Alabama is. You know, they don't have a clear-cut quarterback. Uh, but what they do have is two highly valued prospects, anyway, and Gary McCord and Devin Brown that are, that are uh, com- competing for that, that, that position. So we'll see what happens, uh, you know. In, in terms of, uh, uh, you know, uh, the, these early games, because in my, my experience, Luke, is the polls get really shaken up early. I mean, this is where they start out, but, but the writers and the coaches that, that vote these things, they're not, they're not super certain about anything, right? So then they see a week full of games, and then there's a big shakeup. So I think that's what's going to happen most likely after, after week one. Uh, it won't really look like this. But for now, Alabama's third. And uh, where Alabama's opponents are ranked is very interesting. You know, first of all, that is true where opponents ranked is interesting, but um, it is sort of, it it is sort of dumb. If we were smart about this, I know we all love to rank everything. You and I have ranked stuff. We did a ranking of the roster. I mean, we ranked everybody on the roster, Um, but I I think it is kind of silly. We should at least have a couple games in, before you rank everybody. I mean, that, because it does create a natural bias. I, I'm not worried about the natural bias, number one, because I'm a blue blood Alabama fan and um, we usually get the benefit of that bias. So, I mean, I have no problem admitting that, but we've also, we have no problem. I have no problem admitting it because usually they're pretty right about us. I mean, even when, you know, some folks are like, oh, Alabama shouldn't be number 10. Like after Ole Miss beat us in 2015, people didn't think we fell enough. And then what do we do? We go out and beat the ever-living 
uh, just stuffing. I, I'm trying to think of a non-curse word. Uh, stuffing out of Georgia in Athens, a game I went to that was just lovely. But um, anyway, it is sort of silly to rank them. But we all, as a society, love to rank things. So, uh, yeah, I'll, I'm down with it. And our opponents are number five, LSU. Number 10, Tennessee. I think that's a little high for Tennessee right now, even though um, I, I think they could get there. I probably wouldn't have them that high. Number 12, Texas. Uh, let me just scoot on down here. Number 22, Mississippi. And number 25, Texas A&M. Uh, and then if you assume that we're going to end up playing Georgia in the SEC title game, which I think is not a crazy assumption, uh, this schedule is rather daunting. And it doesn't even include our um, – biannual trip to uh, the that unicorn graveyard that's sprinkled with leprechaun dust and fallen UFOs in Jordan-Hare Stadium. So, yeah, it's that, that makes the schedule even that much tougher. And, um, you know, the fact that we go to Mississippi State, let me just tell you, I would put Mississippi State last. I, I mean, if we're – we'll do a prediction later. But, you know, Mississippi State returns like 19 of 22 starters. I'm still – we still don't know who their coach is. Their coach – is so missing right now, it might be Carly Russell. <laughs> Little Carly Russell humor for everybody out there. Um, <clears throat> anywho, uh, that's yeah, yeah very, very true. Because Zach Arnett is literally not missing, so there are some similarities there. <laughs> that would be funny if Zach Arnett had shown up at his parents' door and they'd be like, Ah, we found him, y'all. Don't worry, he's still gonna be it coaching. Was the done after all. It's Zach Arnett. Yeah, you know, and here's what's funny. Earlier, I called Kyle McCord from Ohio State, Gary McCord, who's like an old golfer. No wonder he's having a hard time beating out Devin Brown at Ohio State. He's a 70-year-old golfer, Gary McCord. Oh, I meant Kyle McCord. I caught, my, I caught that mistake on my own six minutes later. That's how my brain works. Uh, I, I get it. And you did just do uh, just a programming note, Jimmy, because I was stuck in that um, – fiery hellish landscape that is Nashville traffic for those who don't know a, a semi turned over on I-65 as I'm toting the load up to uh, Indianapolis and it apparently shut down four exits worth of I-65 like I don't know what it was carrying but I'm assuming it's uh you know that symbiote that landed that landed on Spider-Man and turned him into Venom because it had to be yeah. off of there were hazmat people everywhere I was in Nashville traffic for five hours so, um, and I just ended up coming to a hotel so I could do this. All right. Let me tell, when we come back, Jimmy, I want to talk about one of our uh, current players that has brought back a rather popular phrase, potentially, that our fans will be ecstatic to know about. But until then, I want to talk about LinkedIn jobs. You know, I love LinkedIn jobs. I know you love LinkedIn jobs. We all love LinkedIn jobs because it is the best place to go if you're hiring. Look, these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. All you got to do is go there, then add the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you are, in fact, hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and who you'd like to ultimately hire. It's why small businesses rank LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to and helps you find them faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash lockedoncollege. That's linkedin.com slash lockedoncollege to post your job for free. 
terms and conditions may, and I'm assuming they will, apply. The rest of the week, Jimmy, we're going to be talking a lot about practice. Obviously, practice completed today. Hadn't, we hadn't heard a lot about it, so um, hopefully we'll have some more tomorrow. But, you know, Jimmy, make their ass quit. And I'm using that word because I think I can use it in this context, and it's been said before, and Nick Saban actually said it. And it, it's a pretty famous phrase. Tyler Booker has said, we want to make people quit again. Now, it doesn't exactly carry the same oomph as make their ass quit, but it people get it. I want the Alabama offensive and defensive lines to be as dangerous as walking along the Montgomery River Walk. <laughs> that is a scary place, apparently. <laughs> for, the, for those who don't know, and if you have not seen the video, I highly recommend you check out the brawl that happened on the Montgomery River Walk on Friday. Um, anywho, I do want I, I want this theme, I want this mantra to come back. I want us to be feared. We're not feared right now. We as fans, I think, believe we're feared. I don't think we're as feared anymore. I mean, when I talk, when you talk about 2015, I brought that up earlier. You want you want to get fired up about football? Pull up. The, two, the 2015 Georgia game. Pull that game up, and you watch Eddie Jackson. Watch um, oh, Reggie Ragland lay the lumber to a, a Georgia wide receiver. I mean, just all of Minka Fitzpatrick was – I think he was a true freshman. Um, God, Calvin Ridley was a true freshman. Look at Jay Coker. Jay Coker may be the toughest quarterback we've had of all the quarterbacks. We've had some good ones. But he may be the toughest. That that team just had a had a uh, about him, and I know they lost to Ole Miss. But let's not forget. And for all the credit that Hugh Freeze gets for that, and he should. He went to Tuscaloosa during a revenge game and beat Alabama. He should get credit for that. I don't want to discount it too much, but I do want to say this: that Alabama team, if you remember, they turned the ball over on the opening kickoff, and then they proceeded to turn it over four more times to Ole Miss's zero. Ole Miss also, instead of being sacked on, on a key moment of the game in the third quarter, uh, Chad Kelly threw the ball up. It hit at, uh, a, another wide receiver, I think, in the helmet and bounced into the waiting arms of another wide receiver for an easy touchdown. It was stupid luck. Um, it, it, it was, and, and we also, that was the very famous game where Lane Kiffin wanted to start somebody besides Jake Coker. Had that game not happened, maybe Jake Coker doesn't turn into Jake Coker. We know, I digress. I'm just saying, if you want to know what it was like to have a team that would put the fear of God in you, that 2015 team and the 2016 team, for that matter, would put the fear of God in you. And I'm ready to see that again. And to do that, though, you got to have some dudes that are ready to get in there and rumble, not unlike at the Montgomery Riverwalk. <laughs> well, Tyler Booker is a good one to be in the – I mean, if, if there's maybe a face, of, uh, of, of run the darn ball and make their butts quit. If there's a face to those things, it's Tyler Booker, if not Booker, then Latham. But the Booker-Latham face, uh, it really is responsible. That I think watch Alabama this fall, and some people will complain eventually, but Alabama is going to be what they call very right-handed in the run game. That, that right side looks really daunting. And Alabama's going to run the ball a lot. And they're going to run it behind Latham and Booker. Uh, runs to the left will be to cross teams up and then throw a wrinkle at them. But, but the bread and butter is going to be a physical ground attack 
uh, to the right, to Alabama's right side. Uh, and, 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 and partly because Booker and Latham were so good when, when Luke was bragging about, hey, go back and watch how tough these Alabama team, team was in 2015. He starts naming names. Everybody in name was like a first-round draft pick. They're, they're good play. Eddie Jackson, Minka, Reggie Ragland, and then the tough Jake Coker. A uh, lot of toughness, a lot of talent. But that's what I think Alabama's kind of putting back together on the offensive line. Uh, again, I, I think we have every reason to be excited about that group. Latham may be the Outland Trophy winner this year. He's certainly a candidate for that. He's a candidate for first-team All-American. And I think we all know as Alabama fans, even though he's younger, less experienced, and not deserving of those accolades just yet, we know Tyler Booker's just right behind J.C. Latham in terms of ability. Uh, so those two are just a great duo. Seth McLaughlin is now – really matured into a, a good SEC center. Now, he's probably not going to win national awards or be a first-team All-American center or be a high draft pick. I don't think those things are in his future, but you don't have to do those things to be a good SEC football player and be tough. Seth even wears a hat that says, run the darn ball, but it doesn't say darn. You know, that Seth, Seth wears that hat everywhere he goes. So that's his mentality. So on the left side where you have questions, right, but the questions at left tackle are Elijah Pritchard or Caden Proctor. You're talking about two future pro football players there. There's every reason in the world right now to think both guys are on track to one day be pro football players, and that's who's vying for the left tackle spot. That only leaves left guard where you have a veteran, then Darian Dalcourt, who may be being passed up by a younger, more gifted kid that on three rank, the number two interior offensive line prospect in the whole country. Maybe ready to live up to that now after two years of getting ready, getting his body ready, learning the offense, and getting ready to go. Uh, this could be the best Alabama offensive line since 2020. I think it's full of future pros, and I think that they have the right mentality, and that's what I'm talking about today, the right mentality, which is, hey, put it on us. Run the ball. When it's third and one, run the ball. We'll make it, and that's been an issue for Alabama since since they turned it over to Tua and Mac and Bryce, you know they they they've won the games on the right arms or in Tua's case the left arm of a of their gifted quarterback and kind of gotten away from what sort of built the Saban dynasty. So <clears throat> I, I like the fact that this is kind of a return to the old days. But at the same time, one last point, Luke. Don't get me wrong. It's not going to look like 2009. It, it's it's not going to look like 2008. I'm calling it a renewed emphasis on the run game. Alabama has scored more points than any team in college football over the last two years doing what they do. It would be ridiculous to flush that. You know, you're, you're just building on to what you've done great over the last two years with a renewed emphasis on physicality in the run game. And I think Alabama's hired the right OC for it. They, they signed the right tight end out of the portal for it, and they got the right running back room for it. You know, in, while you were talking, I was thinking that isn't that the catch-22 about having a, a, just like a super dynamic quarterback with just unreal arm talent that you're so scared to not let him do what he does by, by throwing the ball? Um, you know, I think about last year against Tennessee when – um, Bill O'Brien very famously had three passes in a row, and we should have been running. It should have had at least one run in there towards the end of the game to run a little bit of clock and maybe try and get a few sure yards. But at the time, 
and, and I know hindsight's 50-50, as Pat and I said. But at the time, I was thinking, in my opinion, this is the best player in Alabama history. Yeah, let him be in control. And he did hit Jameer Gibbs on what should have been a catch and probably a touchdown, and, and Gibbs uncharacteristically dropped it. But I, I think it does bring up this catch-22 of when you have a dynamic quarterback like a Tua, like a Bryce, even like a Mac Jones. Um, when you When you have a guy like that, you want them to throw. And you, and you feel like every time you hand the ball off, you're wasting an opportunity of this generational talent you have. So maybe that's where the positive of having this uncertainty at quarterback will help us. We're forced to go back to make his ass quit. We're forced to. We don't have a choice because you can't – I mean, you you said, hey, we don't want to flush what we've done. And that is true because the game has changed. But at the same time, we don't have to flush it, but we can, you know, dial it back a little bit. Maybe we can do one of the efficiency flushes that you see in some New York hotels. I would just call it build on it. You know, nothing's changed. Look, the playbook hasn't changed. Tommy Reese made that clear in his press conference Sunday morning talking to to the media and and therefore talking to the team and to us, the Alabama fans. I didn't bring my own playbook. I've brought some ideas. I've brought some wrinkles. He said, but the wrinkles, you know, and I'll, I'll never forget he said this. I thought it was really a, a great point about offense. He's like, you know, the wrinkles that we have, they're personnel-based. They're not Tommy likes to do this or Tommy thinks it's a great idea. It's what do our players on offense do best because it's my job to put us in the position to do as well as we can. So play to the player's strengths. Those will be the wrinkles. The wrinkles aren't some brilliant coaching idea or – Hey, I don't care that our back is slow and our offensive line is small. I run the ball. Well, that's uh, just dumb. That's just gonna get you beat. You do what your personnel can do, and I think Alabama's personnel is well suited for this run game. I was kind of hoping you were gonna say Tommy Reese came in and said, "You know what? One of Tommy Reese's wrinkles is to talk about Tommy Reese in third person." <laughs> That'd have been funny. <laughs> I don't like your delayed laugh. That felt. It would have been. I would. I would, I would like him even more. I would be the only one, but I would like him even more if he did that. I think that would be great. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's take a break, Jimmy. When we come back, we're going to talk about uh, one of the Todd quarterbacks has gotten them up a new NIL deal. And we're back. Jalen Milrow, uh, another deal with Roback shirts. I like those shirts, by the way. They're not bird dogs. Bird dogs are the way to go. Uh, you know we love bird dogs over here. Um but, uh, yeah, it, uh, the video looks kind of cool. Uh, in the video, kind of oddly, I mean, not oddly, it makes sense because they're trying to, I mean, they won't, throw, they won't show him throwing a one-hopper to the, the safety yeah. valve. But he throws it about 25, 30 yards and hits the crossbar. Like he says, I'm going to hit the crossbar or something, and then he hits the crossbar, right? I, I've seen the commercial ad and listened to the, to the um, yeah. audio, but that, and I was like, Man, if he's that accurate, he should do that more often. Yeah, try that. Try that kind of accuracy more often. But, again, for the record, as I said yesterday, and then somebody who listens to the show religiously texted me and said, hey, I think you nailed this, and I never get texts like that, so I want to brag on it. Um, we, Jimmy and I are pro whoever wins the quarterback job. We do not care at all if it's Lonergan right. or Holstein or Milrow or – uh, Buckner or Simpson, I do not care. Okay. Correct. In fact, if you were saying, Luke, what is best for Alabama, assuming all of them were equal, what is the best for Alabama? I would probably vote Milrow 
because he's such an interesting story. And, and I think that uh, he's such an athletic specimen that people aren't going to be able to take their eyes off of him. Like Simpson's a good athlete. Buckner's a good athlete, but they ain't, they ain't Jalen Milrow. And if Milrow is accurate and good and won't turn the ball over, that's who I want because I feel like that's the coolest story for Alabama. Now, having said all that, um, I, I find it a little odd that, that Roback, not odd, I guess, because you do feel like he may end up being the starter. But Roback giving him that, I, I'm happy for him that they give him this uh, NIL deal. But if you're one of the other guys, I mean, if you're Simpson or if you're Buckner specifically, I wonder if you're like, yeah, I'm going to get with Peter Millar here pretty soon. <laughs> well, Milrow probably, you know, fills out the, the shirt maybe better than the others. And I doubt the others even argue about that very much. I mean, Milrow, you know, as they, they say, uh, you know, Milrow's the one that can walk down the runway and sell the shirt, uh, I guess. Is it? But, no, exactly as Luke said, uh, hey, I've predicted since December that Ty Simpson will be the starting quarterback. Uh, and I'm rooting for Ty, but guess what? I'm rooting just as much for Buckner and Milrow and, and Lonergan and, and Holstein. I, it, it absolutely doesn't matter to me whether my prediction's right or wrong. I, I don't. I, I do not care. I've been wrong before. I'll be wrong again. Uh, what I want, uh, because I'm a fan of Alabama, is the best quarterback on the field playing well. Doesn't matter to me who it is. Could care less. Uh, like Luke said, he, he. I like Luke's reasoning. I agree that Milrow has tremendous ceiling, and if he's great then Alabama's team is probably going to be great. I would say if I could pick anybody to win the job, I'd probably pick one of the freshmen like Lonergan or Holstein just because we'd have them for three years. You know, that they can't leave and go anywhere for two two more seasons after this one. So so that sounds good to me, but they, the odds of that happening aren't, aren't very good. Uh, you know, one of my takeaways from watching practice Saturday is people are just too down on Alabama's quarterback situation just because one guy hasn't taken off and run with it or – one guy isn't the clear quarterback, that does not mean that Ty Simpson and Jalen Milrow both are not playing pretty well. Uh, that, that's, that was my take. I think they both look pretty good on Saturday. I think Alabama could win with both. Uh, someone criticized me on the BOL, BOL, BOL message board, Luke, for using that terminology here. When I say I think either one of them could win a lot of games, they said, that's not the standard. The standard is winning a national championship. And I want to know if these guys can play to the standard. Well, I'm, I'm picking my words carefully because I also think it's fair to say that while I'm encouraged by what I see out of Ty and Jalen both, I'm not ready to sit here and tell everybody that we're going to win a national championship behind either one of those kids this fall. I think that's just pie in the sky stuff. That's just, we haven't seen enough yet. We haven't, but what I'm saying is maybe, maybe if one takes the job, gets all the reps, improves, 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 Maybe I will be saying that by midseason, end of the year. But for right now, in terms of what I'm prepared to say, and as far as I'll go with it, is I think the way both are playing, we can win a lot of games with both. I mean that as a compliment because I read too much stuff that makes it sound like fans are expecting disaster and really poor play and that neither kid will be good at all. That's just not true. I think both kids are pretty good right now, but they need to improve. I'm sure we would like to win a championship. I know I'd like to see that. That's going to take one kid or the other winning the job and improving and improving every week. I think that's something that can happen. Don't rule it out. I'm not going to sit here and say right now that the quarterbacks I saw Saturday are national championship winning quarterbacks in 2023. I think both of them need to improve before you say that. 
Yeah. And, you know, again, while you were talking, my mind was racing and I was thinking about how I wonder if some of these guys, I wonder if like a Simpson or a Buckner or even a Milrow, like is sort of secretly open. I doubt Milrow is because he's been waiting. He's been biding his time. But I wonder if the other two specifically are like almost want Milroad or the other guy to win it so that I can come in and like maybe be the savior, you know, you know be the cleanup artist. And because really whoever wins, okay, unless he just shows out in this first game, fans are going to question. That's not right. That shouldn't happen. But because the, the competition is so neck and neck and neck and maybe neck and neck, um, I think whoever wins, the folks that thought it would be somebody else are going to immediately point out the flaws. And so it's going to weigh heavy on them. Now, again, these guys are essentially professional athletes at this point. If you're getting a big check from Roback, I mean, you're probably a professional athlete, right? I mean, so under the, the old definitions, yeah. Yeah, so I'm cool with that. But I'm just saying, I wonder if some of these guys are almost like um, how it turned out for Jalen Hurts. You know, he comes in, bats clean up, and it works out great. You know, I know that's not exactly a right. Well, I think right another way, to, another way to phrase that, which shows you're exactly right, it's not so much who starts Middle Tennessee, it's who starts maybe the game at South Florida. Right. Once you right. cleared one and two, who's the starter on the road at South Florida? Because that guy's probably won the job. I also think they're so neck and neck, Luke. I mean, this will disturb some folks. I think it's possible we may go into several games before, before you settle on one. But not because they're both bad or that they're both playing bad. I, I think it could be a, a where, where they're both pretty good. They're both pretty good. You're, you're so half. You're so what happens if we're playing both? What if we play both an equal amount against Texas – and win the game 42 to 10. Yeah, and you know what? Like, great. Then what do you do? Jimmy, for those who don't know, Jimmy is, a, is the eternal optimist, right? Like, he just is. He's half glass full. And I dig it. I love it. I think it's a wonderful trade. I wish I had it. Because <laughs> my glass is typically not only uh, half empty. I have broken the glass. And the glass was like made of Fabergé egg and I owe a bunch of money for the glass. And I don't even have, and the water was tainted. So with, with salmonella. Your uh, half empty glass of strychnine has just spilled all over the table. But um, see, I, I love that. Like Jimmy's, because my first thought is if nobody's taking the reins, that means nobody's taking the reins. All right. Jimmy's take is if nobody's taking, nobody's taking the lead, maybe that means they're all running first. I love that. That's great. Um, well, people just assume, maybe it's partly assuming the worst, but this is the way I actually look. In terms of how I see it playing out, and gosh, this is such a wild prediction. It'll never be accurate. But Milrose starts Middle Tennessee, and uh, he plays the whole first half, and he's uh, 9 of 13 for 180 yards and three touchdowns, and he's run for another 60 yards. How are you benching him? And it's been, but then you put in Ty. And you, you let him run the same offense, to be fair. And Ty's numbers are just as good. He looks just as good. So you go into Texas and you're like, well, I guess both kids are going to play. And they both play again and they both play well. I mean, I, I think that's very possible. Uh, as a matter of fact, I think that's more possible than both of them playing poorly, honestly. 
That's going to do it for today's pod. We'll be back tomorrow sometime because I was supposed to be in Indianapolis by today. And uh, because Nashville's traffic is atrocious, I will not be there until later on. So we'll just have to see what happens. But until then, <laughs> roll tight, everybody. Roll tight.